Today, we're talking protein bars. Specifically, how do we go about choosing a protein bar? Or how do I, as a sports dietitian, recommend or go through my own process of choosing the best possible protein bar for a specific purpose? Well, let's get right into it. Welcome to the Reach a Peak podcast experience. This podcast is for athletes of all levels who want to level up their nutrition to level up their game. Join me as I explore the world of nutrition, health, and performance. Each week, I dive into a new topic to help expand your knowledge, separate truth from myth, and change your perspective so you can start winning the right way and reach a peak potential. I'm your host, Alexa, the sports dietitian nutrition coach. Let's go. Welcome back to the Reach a Peak podcast experience. I'm your host, Alexa, the sports dietitian, as always. And today, as I said, we're talking protein bars. One of the more popular supplement products out there, something that I get asked quite a lot over the years as well, what protein bars best, which one should I take? What do you think of this one? All this sort of stuff. You know, I get these questions quite often and a lot from clients, but not even just from clients. A lot of people are curious, how do we go about choosing a good protein bar? Now, I will preface this episode, which will be nice, like a nice and short and sweet episode. I will preface it by saying that there really is no right or wrong answer or right or wrong way of going about choosing a protein bar, but there are some just best practices that I've personally used as a sports dietitian that I see from my professional perspective that you want to consider. So it, it's all contextual, I guess, is what I want to say. So keep that in mind. At the end of the day, this is guidance. This is a bit of general information around how to go about choosing a protein bar, but I don't know your specific situation and individual factors will obviously influence the decisions here. But with all that said that you're, you know, you know all that stuff, let's actually get into the nitty gritty. How do I go about choosing a protein bar? How do I recommend you start going about choosing a protein bar? At least, you know, just to get things started. Well, I want to first break it up into two, uh, three different categories for bars. Now, Candy bars in themselves are not going to be like the typical candy bars we know. They're not going to be part of a category because, you know, we, we know what candy bars are or chocolate bars or sweet bars, whatever you want to call it, treat bars. I'm just going to break up the other bars, the more kind of labeled as quote unquote healthy or nutritional bars, those sort of things. I categorize them in three different areas. Number one, we just got your general carby bars or your normal nutritional bars, they're more carbohydrate based. They may or may not have a good whop of of fiber with them as well, but they're your typical bars like, you know, muesli bars and, and, and those kind of bars that are not really based on protein. They're just a food or a snack in a bar form that are predominantly carbohydrates. That's one side of it. Now that's completely not a protein bar. So those things you shouldn't be consuming for the purpose of getting protein in. If you consume them, you know, as part of your nutrition plan, that may or may not be okay, depending on the situation, as I said, but they're not protein bars. So that, that's category one. Then you got category two, which is what I call protein booster bars. These bars have a pretty decent hit of protein for what they are, and they can really complement a diet really well. And I do recommend it quite often with clients, and I'll go into more specifics soon. And because they give you a bit of a top up for protein, but they're not really traditional protein bars. So I don't really consider them protein bars per se. They're more protein enhancers, protein boosters, protein-esque type bars, okay, if, if you will. 
that's that's category number two. And that's the kind of things like protein nut bars by Carmen's and all those kind of brands. Ones that kind of give you a you know a little hit of protein, but they're not really chock a full, you know, full of protein. And they're not really, in my eyes, the classic protein bars. But they're still protein-based bars, if that makes sense. And then we got the third category, which is your typical protein bars, your 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 main type, your your quintessential protein bar, the ones that are really considered in my eyes as supplement foods. The previous two are not considered supplement foods in my eyes. This one is just because of the way it's used and the, a lot of the times the ingredients that are used. That's the third category. Now, I'm going to be covering categories two and three. I'm not going to cover the first one. I'm going to cover number two and three because I feel they both have a place. And for depending on where you are or what you prefer or how your diet's going or what your goals are, you may prefer to use the, the category two ones, the protein boosters, or you may want to go for a full-on typical supplement style protein bar. And I'll cover a bit of kind of criteria, I guess, of how I go about choosing the right ones and how I categorize them, you know, separately. Because that's maybe something you're interested in now that you know that I look at them in two different ways. But if you want, for the sake of simplicity, to consider all of them combined, I guess, as a protein bar in general, then you do so. You then use the information I'm going to give now to kind of decide on which one maybe is best for you. So let's get right into it, okay? So for category two, protein enhancer, protein boosters, what do you want to call it? Protein fortified is probably a more a more uh, specific and more accurate way of saying it. Protein fortified bars. They're like your, like I said, like they're like your protein nut bars and those kind of things. Those kind of ones you can buy in like a pack of five or six at your supermarket. Here in, in Australia, we have a lot of the brands like, you know, Carmen's and and nice and natural, and even the Aldi has their own version of it, that sort of stuff. It's, it's like coated with a little bit of chocolate usually. It's based on nuts, and then it's got something else added to it to give you a little bit of a boost of protein. And they give you roughly about 10 grams. Now, that comes to my first point, which is if you're going to eat something and consider it a protein bar, I want it to have a minimum of 10 grams. If it doesn't have 10 grams, it's not considered a protein bar in any, any sense of the imagination in my eyes. So I wouldn't want you to consider it either. So it has to have at least 10. So these bars can really be a good way for you to give yourself a nice, tasty, easy-to-go, on-the-go snack that gives you at least 10 grams of protein, which is pretty decent for a snack, especially if it's as part of an overall really dial down a strategic plan. Now, these bars usually will be between 170 to 200, 210 calories, roughly speaking. And that's kind of where you want to keep it. So one other factor that I look at when I look at protein bars is what's the protein to calorie ratio? Now, obviously, there are bars that have more protein than this while still having much the same calories, and that's obviously going to have a better protein to, to uh, calorie ratio. But then again, those are going to be category free ones, which are more used as an extra supplement, so to speak, versus a nutritional protein enhanced bar. So you want to make sure it's roughly around that. So if you want to give it a cap off, Try and keep your protein bars to a maximum of about 200 calories, give or take, you know, some calories. You can't be perfect every single time. So that's what you want to do with those. Now that brings on to category three, just you want to have, if, if it to be is considered, if it is to be considered a, a proper full-on protein bar, it has to have bare minimum 20 grams. If it doesn't give you bare minimum 20 grams, which is probably the minimum amount you need per main meal. And that's even a bit lower than I would like it to be. But again, protein bars are supplementary. That's the way you're going to use them. 
then you wanna make it sure it's at least 20 grams. So if you're looking at a protein bar and it's got less than 10, 20 grams, don't consider a typical protein bar. It's not one of those. You wanna give yourself at least that 20 to 25 grams of protein from your bar to be considered a supplementary kind of protein bar, the typical ones we're thinking of. Calorie-wise, you wanna keep it to about 200 calories as well, like the previous one. That's what I would usually go for. But I will have some leniency and go up to 250, depending on the bar, depending on the situation, depending on the context, and depending on the bar and how it tastes as well. Some bars that taste better might have a little bit more calories. But if you can keep it around that 200 mark, you'll be pretty good. It's kind of like a, a good general starting point for protein bar's sake. So now we've covered the, the basics, the fundamentals about what you want to look for with protein bars, which is at least 10 for like a general protein booster supplement, or protein booster snack, I should say, not a supplement. And then about 20 grams plus if you really wanted to get a proper protein bar, that gives you the first kind of uh, tip, I guess, is what you want to aim for. Now you want, the next thing you want to look for is to make sure that it's not full of ingredients that might cause you gastrointestinal distress. Now this obviously is something that's super dependent on you, which means that don't take any of this as prescriptive advice. I just want you to think about if you do start taking a protein bar, does it cause you any gut discomfort? or change bowel habits. If it does, just see if it potentially could be the bar. Just think about it at least. Because there is a lot of these supplements that have a lot of additives to it, which aren't necessarily bad for your health. I'm not saying, oh yeah, these are poison, all that kind of rubbish you hear with the fear mongering that goes in the nutrition space, like that ridiculous stuff. I'm talking more so that some people just don't tolerate some of the ingredients that are added to some of these bars. This more so pertains to the proper protein bars the supplement style ones, the ones that give you that 20, 25 grams of protein. They're the ones that are typically, you know, full on put into all these ingredients and stuff that you may not know about. The ones that are kind of like the nut bars, the protein nut bars, they're more just food bundled up into a, into a bar form. So it's a bit different. But you want to look for any kind of really super long ingredients list. The, lower the, the smaller the ingredients list, the better. But don't be too bogged down on this because it might be unrealistic for you to find a protein bar that's, tasty, affordable, and hits your nutritional targets and has a the lowest, you know, the lowest number of ingredients. Don't don't get too pedantic with this, but just try and keep it to as simple as possible. And, and that guess that kind of leads into the fiber as well. A lot of protein supplement kind of bars, those kind of typical protein bars, they will have a lot of added fiber. Now this is this is good or bad depending on how you tolerate it. Some bars give you about 10, 11 grams, which awesome if you can tolerate it and that helps give you a boost of fiber as well. Awesome, no, there's no problem with that. But sometimes that might just be a bit too much fiber and it does, for lack of a better word, it does clog up some people. And it has done so in the past for, for people I've spoken to, some clients and stuff like that. So don't necessarily go, well, I'm gonna get my fiber mostly from my protein bars. It could be an added bonus, but do look at how you individually tolerate it. But if you can get around that five or six grams per bar, you're good to go. So if you're hitting like that, 10 to 20 grams of protein, and it gives you about six, five, six grams of fiber, that's a pretty good protein bar to use as a snack to really boost up your protein intake a little bit. Or for a protein-rich uh, food on the go as well, which is how a lot of people use them. Now, beyond that, nothing really else that you really want to kind of worry about at this stage. They're the main kind of criteria that I look at. I look at how much protein it gives me and then characterize them in terms of are they a supplement or are they more of a nutritional snack? or a protein-rich nutritional snack. And then I look at things like the ingredients list just to make sure that if I can keep it simple, awesome. If it's still a bit of a long list, just try it if you want, if it, there's no allergies and stuff like that, obviously. 
And if you can tolerate it, then you can tolerate it and you're good to go. But I guess the thing you want to keep in mind with protein bars is they should not take the place of food. As in, I know it's food, but it shouldn't be like, oh yeah, I can rely on these protein bars now. You should never rely on anything that can be considered a supplement. It should always be supplementary. It should always just be that little cherry on top of the sundae if you need a bit of a top-up. Okay, think of it like a top-up. That's the way you want to look at it. So yeah, hope this gives you some information, some insight in terms of what to look for. Don't get stuck into thinking there's something that just is called a protein bar, that it's actually a good protein bar. Look and see how much protein it actually gives you. Look at the calorie ratio. Does it give you around that 200 calories or less? Or is it just full or full of extra fats for no reason, making a 300, 400 calorie bar and it gives you only a little bit of protein and they name it a protein bar because it just so happens to have a little bit of more protein than your typical candy bar. Be very careful with marketing because marketing is not often there to help you. It's there to get you to buy. So always look at the ingredients and the nutritional label to make sure you're getting what you want to get. Okay, so that's another big thing you want to keep in mind when it comes to protein bars. But yeah, 10 to 20 grams, bare minimum, that should be like a range depending on how much you need. It should have up to that 200 calories if you can keep it to that. Try and keep it to something that you can tolerate it, which might be a bit of trial and error. And make sure that it's something that tastes good or relative at least because, you know, relatively tastes good because you're not always going to be able to have something that tastes like a Snickers bar and be at a protein bar. It's just not realistic. And, and just make sure it's something that, yeah, that you can use as a bit of a top-up as needed, but not something that you start over-relying on, okay? Now, I do have recommendations here in Australia that I quite enjoy. So I'm not affiliated with, I'm not paid by them, nothing like that. But, you know, if you do want to know which protein bars I usually recommend, it is the BSC bars. Usually the BSC low-carb is what they call them. There's all different flavors. I've just found that they give me the protein, the calories, the fiber, and the taste and texture, which is important as well, because you may or may not be surprised to learn that protein bars aren't always the most appetizing. So BSC low-carb bars, I find are pretty good. So if you want to try one, you can go and try those if you want, obviously. Check the ingredients and stuff in case there's something that you know you can't tolerate or that you're allergic to, obviously. But yeah, other than that, that's, that's my recommendation here in Australia. Hope that helps. Okay, if you've got any questions, obviously let me know. Reach out to me on Instagram or send me an email and let me know. But I hope this is giving you some insight in terms of how to actually choose a protein bar because it's a very popular product. But a lot of times people get a bit duped when it comes to the marketing. But also sometimes it can be a bit confusing and overwhelming because there's so many options out there. Keep it simple. Start small and build it up. You'll learn what you can tolerate. You'll learn what works best for you. But remember, just make sure it can be considered a protein enhancing bar at least. Otherwise, you'll be eating something that's just extra carbs for no necessary extra reason unless you are using it for a specific purpose. Again, that comes to individualized sports nutrition. Let me know if that's something that you're interested in. Send me a DM or send me an email or let me know if you're interested in one-on-one coaching and then we can talk about that stuff. But until then, talk soon. Have a good one. See you later. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast so you can stay up to date whenever I drop an episode. And of course, if you enjoyed today's podcast, remember to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. You can also find me on socials where I regularly post valuable sports nutrition content to help you elevate your sports game, elevate your nutrition game, and reach your peak potential. Simply search for The Climbing Dietitian and be sure to click follow. Until next time, stay safe, and stay dedicated.